Welcome to the SWBL podcast tonight presented by 1356 Public House. With me are the commissioner, Sam Skibby. Hello, Brian. Nice to see you again. Thanks for having us. 1356, we are here. Live. Final podcast. Yeah. Um, Gus, the players union representative. (laughs) All of those titles are now gone, Brian. It's now just front office. So there's a disconnect between the podcast host and the front office. So there's a big disconnect. And then just Spencer's here too. So hey, hey, uh, how's it going, Brian? Thanks for having me out here at 1356 Public House uh, off 141 and Big Ben. Yeah, (laughs) the lights are on out here. It's it's going to be a nice night. We're the only people outside, Brian. No, we yeah we are. It is a packed house in there, so yes. we were the only, the only place for us to sit was outside, which is fine. We've got beer, we've got beer, water, we've funny. got some food coming. So uh, if you get a chance, get out to thirteen fifty six, support our our podcast host, um, show them some love, and again, just a reminder to all the players: the Friday night social event will be held here at this table. At this table and that room. Should we show them? No. no. Okay. No. It's over there. It's right there. There's like a like a wedding it's party right or there. something going on. It's nice. That way. So plan on being here for that Friday night social event when we kick off season 20. And tonight is all about season 20. It is our season 20 preview. And we're going to jump into a lot of things. Awards, Hall of Fame nominees, the alumni game that is very highly anticipated. We're going to talk obviously about the competition and the teams and some of the storylines that are kind of going into season 20 um and then we'll kind of wrap everything up but it should be a fun night um just talking wiffle ball talking swbl and we're gonna have a great time yes we are cheers cheers fellas cheers. yeah cheers to 20 years 20, 20 years the league can almost drink legally that's a good one next year that should be something yeah. we do a theme wise i like that yeah man. this maybe the legal just kicking for kegs or something that'd be it maybe yeah. we could get a sponsor who knows that's hey, an interesting idea a 20 over like 21. it's our 21st oh, season yeah huh. all right everybody anyway, listening out there we can yeah. fight in a war but we can't drink <laughs> yep all right well let's start off with the first game of the season game one which um if you are unfamiliar it is a fully produced wiffle ball game the only one in the country um and this year it is between the astros and the expos so guys the first thing i wanted to talk to you guys about what are you most interested in seeing from this first game you know i for one thing i will say there are other fully produced wiffle ball games around the country just not the way we do it with the pre-game stuff, the post-game stuff, everything in between. Um, CCW did an all-star event, like so they corrected me on Twitter one time. So, and I did watch it. It's, it's really good. It's just it's different, right? It's our yeah. league game. It actually counts for what we're doing. So, it's the only one that we have the announcers talking the whole time, all the way through with pre-game, post-game. I am really looking forward to the rivalry matchup between the Astros and the Expos showing it in a fully produced way. So I'm really excited to see the ins and outs that Edlo and I can come up with in commentary. Spencer will be our on-field reporter, and tomorrow is going to be super exciting to see how the game plays out. I'm yeah. sure you're nervous. Not nervous at all. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, you know, uh, the history goes back a long way with the Expos. It's going to um, be fun. They got us a couple times in a row early, and now we've had the upper hand over the past couple years. But it should be a good matchup. Um, some fun players to watch. You know, 
Jeremy, speaking of him real quick, you know, he was obviously a longtime Astro, now the number two pitcher for the Expos, replacing Brett in that role. Um, so it'll be good to see him. It'll be just, and good to see the guys too, you know, seeing Jimmy, seeing Kevin. And you guys will probably do the pregame shotgun before the game I together. hope so. I hope so. Last year was only four Expos, but I assume it's going to be everybody tomorrow. I hope so. That's I'm, I'll be there to do yeah. it. So if, if they're welcoming me into that, I will for sure do it. Yeah, and to me, this is, you know, if we would think back four or five years ago, this would be a game that we would call Toilet Bowl. Yeah. And now it's game one. It's the premier game of the season. Yeah. And, you know, there's not too many rivalries in this league anymore, but I got to say this is probably the best rivalry oh, yeah. we have. I'd call it even our Subway Series. Um, we've got players switching teams. We've got players breaking the unbreak, unwritten rules. you got to wonder, is Jeremy Worrell going to get thrown at in the first game? How is how are the Astros going to treat him? Are they going to shake his hand? Are they going to make fun of him? I don't know. We're going to find out. But yeah. I'm excited. Gus, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's definitely an important game, and it's going to set the tone for both the Astros and the Expos oh, for, for sure. the rest of the season. And yeah, it, it's just it is the most important game, and so they need that's, to treat it like that. That's so, so yeah. underrated, I guess you say that, because it's so true. Because both these teams, it could catapult them into a playoff per, uh, a playoff team just from this game one. Like yeah. It sets the tone for them. And having not just one week to think about it like last year, but two weeks to think about a win or a loss this time around. Yeah. Yeah, so it it is definitely um, on everybody's mind tonight, everybody's mind tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this will premiere later in the week, <laughs> <After>. closer <laughs> closer to the season um, as we're recording this uh, the night before. But um, what, some more questions real quick about that. I wanted to know from your guys' perspective, what do the Astros need to do to win? And then what are the Expos also on, so on the other hat? So we have you as uh, some inside intel. Yeah. Uh, what is do you want to share with the with the listeners? It'll be yeah. after the game, so no, it's, yeah, it's probably uh, fine. This yeah. is coming after the game. This yeah. will come out oh, after. So, so tell us what's your what's your plan for the game? Like from a lineup standpoint, lineup, lineup who's pitching, pitching gonna, okay. Do you have a short leash with whoever's your starter? Well, so <laughs> we're <Can't>. a li- <laughs> we're a little hamstrung this year. Um, David won't be in attendance. Obviously, he lives in Wichita, so he won't be able to make the trip up for game one so he won't be available and then we do have uh jimmy stout he's on a little bit of the 10 day dl right now with a knee injury so we're we're kind of down to brass tacks um cam will be leading us off and pitching uh, followed up by keaton adams um, playing extra hitter as his usual role um we're gonna have Cole Layton hitting third and playing left field, nice. and then yours truly will be out in right field and hitting fourth. Which so, Brian two for two with yeah. five RBIs, two home runs, and his only two at bats last, last year, year to beat the Rockies in a super important game to win the division. So I mean, it's going to be exciting to see you out there, and I'm glad you're going to be out there, Brian, because I think you deserve that kind of like you know the spotlight almost a little bit on. Oh, so I'd rather the spotlight be on the rest of the I guys, know, but, but I do. I am hoping for some of that magic from last season. Sure. To continue, um, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm confident in the lineup. I'm confident we can yeah. win, even with being shorthanded. I really like my team this year, yeah. um, and uh, so yeah, that's the plan. So but. back, so back to your question. I think the Astros to win this year. I'm going to kind of put some pressure on you, Brian, because I think it comes down to your ABs. 
And I think if your ABs are great ABs and you can put some hits together, string some home runs, some RBIs, I think your team's got a really good shot. Yeah, and I think um, this podcast would really take off if Gus kind of raises his voice a little bit. I agree. Gus, yeah. you're uh, whispering to the ants. <laughs> you need to whisper to the clouds. I think uh, uh, that uh, Gus is great. And uh, <laughs> my other thought is that... Uh, it's live, folks. I think that, you know, the Expo's success, or the key to the Expo's is Jimmy Nelson. Uh, if Jimmy Nelson comes out and allows no more than three or four runs, I think... The Expos are in a really good spot to win the game. They're a team that, as we all know, when they win, they never really blow anybody out. It's usually they scrape by, they get a couple wins. Um, I think if the Astros play really good defense, can put up five, six, seven, eight runs, they're probably going to win the ball game. If the Expos, you know, keep the Astros down to three or four runs, I think the Expos Expos are going to win the ball game. Astros had the upper hand in uh, defense and offense, but that pitching matchup with Jimmy Nelson, if he can come to uh, Cy Wiffle form, that's going to be yeah. tough to beat. So um, we're just going to have to see how it plays out. Yeah, Jimmy has the upper hand for sure on the mound. And you got to believe Cam and Cole are going to come to fruition, what they, what they are capable of yeah. this year, especially with the spotlight on them as well. They're going to want to perform. And then, but Jeremy Worrell is a huge X factor in this game. He yeah. really is because he can change the game on both sides of the ball. If Jimmy yeah. is in trouble, he can come in and kind of mm-hmm. be in relief if needed. I don't think Jimmy's going to come out of this game. But Jeremy also, in game one last year for the Brewers, hit a home run. Yeah. So, I mean, against Jimmy. Yeah. So, I think that he can really change the game as well offensively. And one note Xbox. about Jimmy Worrell, or uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Worrell, um, you know, he's been on my summer league team the last two years. And something I've noticed about Jeremy. When he gets consistent at bats, continuous, you know, game after game after game, he seems to get better as the season goes on. So, with this being game one, we'll have to see. I do see him being an X-factor for the Expos later into their season for sure. sure. Yeah. Someone who comes in clutch. Am I talking loud enough? Yeah. (laughs) What? Someone who always comes in clutch for the Expos who I think uh, will be a great – a great person to watch for game one is the Durham Worm. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, if he has a great game and has uh, his clutch hits that he's known to have, they're going to succeed and do well. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I would agree with all those. So, final final predictions. <laughs> uh, Put you on the spot. I, well, yeah, your prediction you already gave me. I know. I apologize, but uh, I believe I said five, three. Expos 5-3. to three. I think Jimmy Nelson, um, you know, that I think that his knuckleball works better when uh, hitters are a little antsy. And I think with this being a fully produced game one atmosphere, I think that he's going to pitch a very good game. I could be dead wrong, which I usually am, but I've got Expos 5-3. I think, Brian, it is going to be – after regulation, six to six, and we're going to a home run derby. Nobody's scoring in the sixth. We're going to a home run derby for the first time in game one. Who's in the home year. run derby for the Expos? I think Astros I, win in the home run derby. <laughs> I think Jeremy Worrell versus Cam Smith and Cam in the wins. home run derby. That's great. No, you already predicted 5 3. I, I predicted this awesome I like your prediction. prediction. Thank <laughs> you. It would be fun. It would be real fun. I would be sweating bullets <laughs> the entire time. I think, I think we're going to be surprised. And I think the pitchers are going to have trouble with the. They're going to be the first game with the all radar gun out. Good point. And I think they're going to struggle finding the right, finding the right speed, and it's going to be a slugfest. I think we're going to be a 12 12 13 game. Wow. Astros take, Astros take it. Wow. 
walk off. Uh, by Brian Benway. Are you guys? Uh, no walk off. <laughs> They're just winning. They're winning thirteen to eight. Going. You guys into trying to get city. Brian to pay your tap tonight, or like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Well, I would be happy with those two outcomes. Not so much yours, but um, it is definitely a highly anticipated game. Stay tuned for that. Keep an eye out. Right before we kick off season twenty, it will be on our YouTube for May everyone 26. to view. May twenty sixth. So. Let's go into the next probably highly anticipated game, the alumni game. And I know we just did the draft and figured out the teams, um, but I kind of want to dive into this with you guys knowing a lot of these players. Um, Someone like myself, I've only gotten to meet a few of them. So, excuse me. So, we've got Team Oldenburg versus Team Walters. Um, Has anything in the – real quick, has anything in the past 19 years – ever had this much hype from from an exhibition standpoint something that isn't actually part of the competition of the season i think something that comes maybe close would be the first year we did the skills competition but that didn't have any hype i was going to say that but that didn't have any hype surrounding we had no idea what that was going to be true you know what i mean post skills competition i don't think anything's going to touch it even this alumni game that first year even, of the skills competition. Even playoffs or champion, like that was the best time we've ever had. I, think, I agree. I think something that could compare to excitement level but not surpass uh, was the Brewers. I think they were the first team to do their spring training uh, oh, the, videos. Uh, oh, that's, what did yeah. we call those? Oh, You're no, that it. was us. We were the first year. No, Brewers did it. Brewers they did, they, did it. Oh, we were what season two. What was that two. called? It was called Hard Knocks. Hard, hard, like I think hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. I think Hard Knocks for the Skibby League was pretty cool. The um, Brewers did a good job. You know, that kind of loss is – Thunder after a little while. Yeah, I think we kind of killed that that year. <laughs> so. I think this has a lot of hype because you have so many players playing in it that haven't played in so long, and they are hyped to play in it. Yeah. Like it's their chance to come back and play once again. So um, I don't know if their families are coming. I don't know what the circumstances are, but I think you know this has probably got the best opportunity to have the hypest. And I think everybody that's there, even the guys that don't really know all of these fellas that are coming back, I think they can still just sit back and take in kind of another camaraderie before the competition gets going. You know, this is going to be Sunday night, so playoffs are going to be the next day. It's going to be looming on people's minds. But it's just a way to relax and kind of take in a game that nobody has any stake in, even like an all-star game. And the all-star game will be after the alumni game. But that game we all know now is just for fun anyway. So this will be a really fun way to get people back that we've seen. And I'm so excited to see these guys. I think it will bring a lot of laughs uh, for sure. Yeah. Just a good time overall. And we might have our first major injury. (laughs) (laughs) I think the chirping will be at an all-time high, too, with the history between all these players um, and the trash talk and growing up with each other. Andy's going to cry, probably. Yeah, because Rob, Rob will, will get under his skin a little bit. Well, so that kind of leads me to the to my next question. Who are you guys most excited to see back at the Blur of all the players that are going to be participating? Uh, Rob Walters. Yeah, he uh, he, I think he values creating a show more than winning. <laughs> yeah, and I like a show. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see Rob Walters uh, see if he can win a game for once. Yeah. He's the only he reason that there, that Astros wiffle ball was watchable for a while. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, fact of the matter is Rob, Rob is, a, is a great character. Yeah. Yes. Gus, I'll go last because I got plenty. How many of these players coming back have championships? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, Franchise era? 
No, just overall twenty. I think Chris Whitehead. Chris could Whitehead be the only had one. one. Well, he played with a group of three. He played with Scott and uh, Brett. Scott Poley and Brett. Yep. And he won rookie. Did of the Jeff year Bertram ever win? Jeff Bertram is he not one. Really? No. I think it was simply Chris Whitehead. Uh, I'm. I hope because Jeff Bertram is the questionable one, right? He's questionable. I hope he comes. I just remember he was the most intimidating person to face when you were pitching because he just would absolutely mash the ball. Yeah, it was crazy. And he's the only one I've ever seen successfully hit it over the house, house yeah. in uh, right field. So and even it'd be that, fun. It, it'd be fun to see him. No, I'm I'm very excited to see all of them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, there's so many that stick out in my mind. I mean, obviously, Andrew Light coming back back-to-back years. He played last year on the Brewers, pinch runner mainly, got mm-hmm. some at-bats. Um, you know, when a, all of these guys, some of them are my best friends, played high school sports, played middle school sports with them. I'm really excited to see Ken Shippey back and Nick Meyer back, both of which have not played since 2004 in the SWBL. Um, and then Corey Griffin is always in for a lot of laughs at the Blurs. I didn't know we were naming every player. I thought you just asked for one player. No, there are more players than I've named. <laughs> he was excited for everybody. I'm just excited. Yeah. Well, so so now let's just kind of wrap this up. But who wins? Team Walters well, or Team Oldenburg? I made a promise to my mailman that I would always pick teams that swing with two hands over teams that swing with one hand. Okay. So I'm going with Oldenburg. Oldenburg's team. Yes. All right. You know, I think – Walters has the better team on paper, but Oldenburg has Bertram. And if Bertram shows up, Oldenburg's going to win. Okay. If not, Walters wins. Okay. I think it's going to be a tie game. And <laughs> We're not zero, going to extras. Zero, zero. We're not going to home run derby. No, they're going to extras. Zero, tie zero. Game, going to home run derby. I don't think no we're doing extras. We'll just do straight home run derby. Between Andy and Rob, too. It's got to be those two. Yeah. Can't be a one one tie. <laughs> God. All right. Well, let's jump into a little bit of some of this tenured player stuff, but we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame, and we're going to announce the Hall of Fame nominees right here on the podcast. Um, And then we're going to talk about the case for each player to actually be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So um, we'll go one at a time, and then I'll ask one of you to make a case for each of them, okay? So Jeff Bertram, we just mentioned him. You know, he is on the ballot again this year. So, Sam, make a case for him to make the Hall of Fame. You know, Jeff Bertram obviously started in 2003. He was one of the original members. He has made it to the finals in, I think, three years in early on in the SWBL. He was the only person to take over um, MVP from Brett Spencer um, in those years that Brett was so dominant. And Jeff, like Gus said, is just a game changer. And he definitely has a story to tell for the SWBL. And you can't tell the story of SWBL without telling, without Jeff Bertram being included in the early years. It's going to be tough for him to get in, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be tough because so many um, younger you know, fans of the game that now play in the league are like yourself. You never got to see him. So... Well, actually, just to That's correct true. You, you, I did play with right. Jeff Bertram. 2013, yes, your, your rookie so, year, he won a bet. But, like, that also goes to show how dominant he was because in 2013, when he played one year in the franchise era, he won a batting title. Yeah. So, like, he still came back after all those years and still was that dominant, batting in the 800s, you know, before we had all that crazy, all the crazy rules we have now that lowered our batting averages. Yeah. But 
Jeff Bertram, I think, has a story to tell. Do I think he'll get in this year? No. He's the longest tenure person on the ballot, but that's my story. All right, and next up, Jackson Crosley. So, Gus, make a case for Jackson to get into the when you, uh, Hall of Fame. When you guys think about Jackson Crosley, the first thing that probably comes to your brain is... Hair. Beer. Should have got more at-bats. Beer, most feared pitcher. <laughs> Most feared pitcher, and this is why because he's the craftiest. He's always got something new up his sleeve, um, and I feel like he's the new age of the uh, crafty, hard to hit pitchers. I think Brett and Sam were like the the old age. Now it's become a a Jackson. So uh, he has two championships. He has two side whiffles, all within the past couple years. Uh, he definitely deserves the nod. If so, all right. Um, next up, Ed Lodonin on the ballot again this year. Oh, and Spencer, why don't you make a case for your Twins teammate there to make the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, Ed Lowe has been <clears throat> one of the longest tenured Gus friends to play in the Skibby Wiffleball League. There's kind of season one. There's kind of two levels of friends that are in the league, and Ed Lowe uh, has played a very long time in the league. Um, he has been at the top of leaderboards and seasons for home runs, for RBIs, dating back to uh, the days of the Rays and even before then. Edlow has contributed in many other ways through uh, doing a lot of media things, taking photo- uh, photography uh, throughout the weekend, and providing the crowd with excellent commentary of pretty much anything that's going on. Edlow is a three-time, uh, that I know of maybe more, Wiffle ball league champion in the Skibby Wolfball League. Mm. And he is a great teammate. So Ed Lodonna would make an excellent Hall of Fame member. I don't think he necessarily gets the respect from his peers in the league. They think he's a joke. Uh, which he will unfair, tell you he's most deserving. Which is unfair. And also the fact that he votes himself first <laughs> in every power ranking of players. Uh, many people know that he does that. So I think they also will hold that against him. So I don't think he will get in this year, possibly in the future, but he is a deserving candidate. Yeah. Well, and like you said about Walters earlier, if you enjoy a show, Ed Lowe's the guy you watch. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up, another oldie but a goodie, Andrew Light. So, Sam, give us a case for Andrew. <laughs> you know, Andrew was part of the part of the Hall of Fame nomination process is I, as commissioner, can nominate anybody that I think has put a stamp on the league, obviously telling the story of the league. Um, and Andrew Light's one of those guys. He is the last remaining founding father on that fateful day um, that is not in the Hall of Fame. Do I think he'll get in? Not for a while. But having him on the ballot I think is important because just like Kevin got in, you know, Kevin winning that championship really did help, not going to yeah. lie. Uh, but I think Andrew Light out almost did more work for the league than Kevin did in that pre-franchise era. You know, he okay. was always, he was more around when it came to field building. He was more around for stats. He was one of those guys that you trusted. Um, so he's, from a SW Bill history perspective, he finally, the reason he's on now and wasn't on before is because this past year made him seventh year eligible. I see. So he always had six years for the longest time. Finally actually played in some actual games with the Brewers last year. So he is now the seventh year eligibility. So I finally said as commissioner, I'm going to put him in. He's only won one gold glove. It was in 2004. But he's won a gold glove. Yes. 
and it, he also co-won that with me. Okay. So we won it as a team um, that year. So okay. Angelite, that's my case, yeah. just because Founding Father added in. We got three of them in there. And I think we're kind of shifting, right? The Hall of Fame is not so much always has to be a player. It can also be somebody who contributes something to the league, whether it was past or present. Yeah. Well, and he started off the, uh, I don't want to call it the Kennedys, but something like it, the Bushes, I don't know, of the uh, SWBL, right? He's got his two brothers, the family kind of aspect of having his two younger brothers play in the league as well, and one of them uh, being in the Hall of Fame already, and Peter, so. um, All right, next up, we are going to go to Kevin Poley. So, Spencer, give us a case for Kevin Poley. I think you could make the argument that besides Sam Skibby, Kevin Poley has done more for the Skibby Wolfball League than any other person. Maybe you could put Kevin Skibby up in that category as well, Kevin and Kay. But uh, as far as a player, um, he is he has done more for this league than anyone could ever ask for and imagine. Um, countless hours and time spent, design, creative, just he's always been there. Um, also, as a player, you know, he uh, he had some years where he was off at Clemson and didn't play, but um, post-college and pre-college, he was a really solid player. Um, I think Kevin would be someone that goes in as a contributor, more, contributor yeah. more than a player. But the fact that he has played in the league for so many years and for all of the things he has done, unpaid, just out of the love for the league, um, he would be a very deserving candidate. And I think he might have the best chance out of all these people to get in for that sheer fact. If yeah. we're moving towards that direction of contributors, I think Kevin probably has the best chance of everyone listening. Definitely. And last but not least, Brian Kenny. When you think about Brian, <laughs> Brian, yeah, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Ah, uh, him jumping over walls. Belly buttons. Big hands. Rocky Mountains. Home runs. <laughs> big feet. Ah, so, uh, you know what that means. Brian. Big socks. Big socks. That's right, Brian. <laughs> Brian... Brian has a lot of wiffle ball heart. Like, he loves wiffle ball. And people would say Blake's the captain of the Rockies, but really everybody knows we it's know Brian. Brian. Blake turns and in the lineup card. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he Brian doesn't. Brian does. still does. <laughs> no, that's what I meant. Sorry. Brian He's, does. Yeah. Brian does. <laughs> yeah. Brian is just like Chris Metter in the fact that he can change a game at any instant uh, to benefit his team with a catch. And... He has three platinum hands within the past five years. Uh, he has two championships to his name, and which is more than most people in the league can say. That most people in the league don't even have one. So right. Uh, yeah. So Brian's a game changer. Loves wiffle ball. Um, he has a heart for his team and wants his team to succeed. So he's he's just a great advocate for SUBL and wiffle ball in general. Absolutely. Well, all these guys have a reason that they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but that is up to the voters. Um, And we'll see how the voters play it out this year. If anybody gets in, if one guy gets in, if multiple people get in. So we'll just have to wait and see. But congratulations to all the nominees uh, for being on the ballot this year. Thank you for everything you do and you've done for the SWBL and for the current players still in the league. Good luck this year, um, except for against the Astros. So... Um, ah, good one. Let's joke. Yeah, didn't see that coming, did you? So let's jump into the big topic, right? Let's talk about the competition. Let's talk about some of the guys we're looking at for awards. Um, 
And you know, we'll actually, let's lead off with that. So and we're gonna kind of run down some of this um, as we go. But Rookie of the Year, right now the top three names are Adam North with the Rockies, Evan Quo with the Athletics, and Jack Light with the Expos. Um, I think that that makes the most sense. You, you do also have Jason, who I think could be a dark horse candidate, and that's actually what yeah. I'm going to ask you guys to do. And it's hard to say pick a dark horse candidate for Rookie of the Year when you only have four cool. rookies. So Jason kind of becomes that. Sure. Um but what team is Jason playing on? Jason's Rockies. also on the Rockies. So we've got yeah. two rookies on the Rockies with this new look kind of team. Um, it's not completely different. Brita's retired now. So you still have Grant, Brian, and Blake kind of leading that team. But you've got two rookies with a lot of wiffle ball experience coming to play. It's really going to be a matter of who gets more playing time yep. and who uses that playing time to the best of the advantage. You've got Jack Light. So another light player in the league again the fourth one now um on the expos we'll see how much playing time he gets as well and then evan quo i think probably has the strongest case to be made from a playing time standpoint i think he's going to be their number two pitcher um i think adam's going to be their number two on the rockies as well but i think before josh rogers and his potential injury that he's dealing with. Yeah, that's true. Um, Evan Quo is going to be looked to to step up on the mound. And the Astros, or sorry, the, the Athletics could be made or bro- broken by how he performs out there. So Yeah. I, is I, Do we know anything? Is Evan Quo going to be batting for them? Or is he just strictly a pitcher? I would assume he's going to bat. I mean, he's, he's a college baseball player, so I assume they're going to give him some opportunity. Now, you've got your three main guys. Um, or three. Paul, Steve, Paul, Mike, Alex. Yeah, Alex. Or and Vorbeck. And Josh. When Vorbeck's there, yeah. At and least. they've got a lot. And Josh. Contractually. Has five games, you said? Ten even, at bats. Even Ten with bats. the injury. Even with the injury. Okay. There's a that's a lot so, of here, so maybe lot of my <laughs> maybe my my point was wrong because that yeah that's a big roster. Let me yeah. cut to the chase. This it's rookie of the rocky. year award. No, it's going to Evan. I'll tell you why. <laughs> College pitcher. I've seen him throw wiffle ball. He can throw strikes. He's going to be their number two pitcher. And he's going to get a lot of innings. Uh, Jason and uh, Adam. Adam, I think are going to split time, and I think that. You know, I think Evan has the most to gain. I think he's going to be on a team where they're really going to depend on him. I think they've only got two pitchers as it is. Hmm. Jason and Adam are probably going to both split time pitching, both split time hitting. And, I, you know, I play with Jason on a fast pitch football team. He's a really good player. But I'm going to put my stock with the college baseball player, and the award is going to go to Evan. I don't know. <laughs> It's got to be a Rocky. Yep, Rocky, either one. No, it doesn't matter which one. I mean, they got a 50% chance to win, right? (laughs) Pick one. Well, and can can I throw in a commissioner's caveat here? Because we we decided as a front office for this award, we knew that Rookie of the Year was going to get thinner before it gets larger again, you know, when a new wave of young people come in. But we knew that this was going to get pretty thin. And with only four rookies this year, we said if nobody is truly deserving, they would not get it. We would not get it out. So it's got – like Chris Vorbeck definitely deserved it, right? And every year there's always somebody that shines. Do I think somebody's going to shine this year? Yes. I think we're going to have plenty of people that are going to shine and earn that award. 
but in the future for all the rookies, it could be. Yes, Spencer. Under your head. Who oh, is it? Adam North. Uh, Rockies. Which player? <laughs> Jason or Adam? I don't know. Uh, Jason. Okay. All right. We'll see. So who's the fourth player we didn't pick? Jack White. Jack. Sorry, Jack. Your time will come, Jack. Not this year. If you get the at bats, no. well, it to won't ever be come for rookie, rookie of the year. Game. Well, he has Not to get the at bats eligible too. Okay, got to be three okay. games eligible. Hey, okay. Jack might light, might, might light it up. Is that what you're going to say? Oh, <laughs> he might play his first game and hit two bombs, and then they bat him more. And if he plays season. three games, then he gets eligibility, and he could win. He and might, he might do well. And I. And I hope that. I could get lost and not show up to Wolf Ball Weekend. Anything's possible, so it does. <laughs> Blake does. Where are you going to go? Realistic. The casino. <laughs> All right. You, black or red? Black or red? <laughs> Green. Oh, okay. So, let's jump it to uh, Manager of the Year. Oh. Um, oh. The three names kind of leading the charge there are Brian Benwer of the Astros. That's you. That's me. Yeah, uh, John did you make this list. <laughs> no. uh, Sam did. John John Light of the Orioles and John Callaway of the White Sox. Yeah, interesting. So it's very interesting. Yeah, so it can be anybody. It, it can be anybody. The leading, the leading candidates, though, are, that's weird how that happened. You know, so, what I, I love I love listening to the last podcast, and everybody thinks the Orioles are Orioles are old, <laughs> but they're not old. <laughs> they're like. Two years older than us. <laughs> yeah, That's we're funny. old. Well, we're four. Well, but I was going to say, John did. Light put together a great squad, and people think they're old, but they're not old. Is John yeah. playing? That's my question. It's hard to say. Sometimes. If John's playing, then it's going to be hard for him to win manager of the year. Because Why? They'll, the more he plays, the more they will lose. Okay. Okay. So not necessarily a player-coach aspect. More of the outcome with him every in the time John bats, it's more likely an outs made than a hits made. Okay, and John Light was a huge reason why game one went to the Expos over the Brewers. Okay, catalyst for that. Run. So, manager of the year, it's got to go to a team that either surprises the hell out of everyone, they don't have to win, but you know, we expect them to be very bad and they do well. So, maybe mm-hmm. the Marlins, um, you know, another bad team. Is this your dark horse candidate, or it'll go to the team that you know, maybe a team goes. Nine and one or ten and zero, and they just run the table. Yeah. So yeah, but I also think that there's an aspect of decision making that goes on throughout the season that could play a part in that. I mean, I feel like that's why I won last year was certain decisions that were made. Um, granted, we had our best season ever, so that also plays a factor into yeah. exceeding expectations, yeah. like you exceeding said. Exceeding expectations. But you know, the A's, the A's. I don't think anybody's writing the A's off that they're completely out of the playoff picture. But if they come through, I mean. If Alex manages that huge yeah. roster yeah. and makes yeah. great decisions, he could go for it. I mean, that would be my dark horse candidate. So, pick pick aside from Alex, pick some dark horse candidates other than the people that I just named. Um, you know, I got to go with my guy Chris. I think he does a really good job. It gets overlooked because I'm not trying to boast or brag, but we win more than we lose, and a lot of times it gets overlooked the decisions he makes in season, in game that make a change. Like in the championship game last year, he made a decision to pull Will. Not that saying that no one else would have done that, but that's, you know, he's he was a, he was up in the Cy Wiffle rank. You know, he's a great pitcher, and he pulled in the middle of the game, and we ended up winning. That's a huge decision to make. Right. So Chris is a great manager. If I'm not going to pick Chris, uh, probably going to pick uh, Blake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's, Chris is really good at making decisions. 
like sausage McGriddle or sausage McMuffin. McMuffin. <laughs> what do you, what does Chris pick? McMuffin. McMuffin. <laughs> With the egg folded or the egg circle? Blake. Blake. <laughs> Sam, pick a dark horse candidate. Um, I like Eli um, on this one. Um, I think that. What do they have to do? If, what, how many wins do they need for him to win? Two? I think they got to contend for a playoff spot. So they need, I think they have to make the playoffs <laughs> yeah. to be in my I, yeah. Okay, pick somebody else then. Ain't happening. We've already said all the names. <laughs> Scott's the last one. <laughs> and I wouldn't pick Scott because you only have four players and you signed Gus. So, so that's what. There's no decisions to make. You and Scott pitch. Nobody else can pitch. Batting lineup. So you, you have pick, the same lineup. You have the same. There's nothing to do. Do you think. <laughs> what about Kevin Wietucker? I mean, he's a previous manager of they the year. They got the playoffs, and that ain't happening either. So. Okay. I think Alex Heck's the, the it's biggest star. It's Alex Heck, it's John Callaway, or who's your else captain? John Light. Or John. Okay. Or yeah. Chris. I All think right. Alex is a good one. I guess one, I won't show up then. That's my vote. You can't win two years in a row. Why can't I? <laughs> it's just not going to happen. All right, tell I, the twins I think, that. I think Same Brian, thing as team of the year. Like You never no, win team of the year two times. I think if Brian makes playoffs again, losing John Callaway and making the decisions, I think he'll That's be a good the point. horse as well. It's, that was not making a comment towards you. Yeah. It's just an award that usually isn't won back-to-back years. That's Brian, true. Brian, you have to make a good in-season trade to be considered well, That would year. be the right. best you if think we Scott had a make real in-season trade. If you go up no. and beat up Jeremy <laughs> Worrell in game one, I'll vote for you. <laughs> All right. Platinum hands. So, obviously, you've got Chris Metter, Brian Kenny, and Ty Butler, the typical three here about platinum hands. Um, there's not much to argue about this. They, they're they probably the front runners, but pick a dark horse candidate, somebody you think might kind of come out of nowhere and at least get into the conversation, and if not, challenge for – Maybe a fresh look at Platinum Hands. Uh, I don't think that happens this year. I think it's Chris. Uh, if I gun to my head, I'll pick John Callaway. Okay. John's uh, not John Callaway field. won't be playing. Left yeah, field. John Callaway won't be playing hardly like at all. John. Which, <laughs> yeah. Which I do think John is a better fielder than Ty. Okay. Are we I think keep- I've just been burned by Ty too many times. <laughs> ah, here we go. The trash talk begins. I've been burned. I've been burned in the playoffs the one year where he made the error and we lost because of that. They're we no longer be- teammates and the truth comes Can out. I say, hold on. I'm glad you brought that up. Can yeah. I say something? Sure. Maybe you don't win championships because you blame your teammates. That's why I'm not a captain anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so You're he, a loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I am a loser. I am a loser. I do think a dark horse candidate for this award is actually you, Gus. Um, I think that one year, I will I will admit, for Ty, there was one year on the Royals that he should have won Platinum Hands. And we overlooked that as front office, and I've admitted this to him before. But he played all three positions that year. And didn't make, he made like one error in left field, but like Chris, who won that year, also made an error. And Chris should have won in left field. But Ty should have won the overall platinum hands because he played all three positions yeah. and did very well and led in some right field stuff, some pitching stuff as well because that's when he was pitching as well. So I, I think that Ty is a good one to win this award this year, maybe giving some more. But I'm actually going to go with Gus. Hasn't got his due because Ty's always been in left field. I have a question. So Gus getting those pitching reps. It's going to be and Scott and I just rotating. Left field pitching left is going to give you those well, putouts, get so you those assists. I know in years, correct me if I'm wrong, in years past, the tiebreaker has always gone to the left fielder. If they're a tiebreaker, what do you mean by tiebreaker? Like if there's, you know, 
if there's a pitcher and it usually goes, oh, left fielders usually, usually goes to the more assists. No, I know, but there's a pitcher that plays pitcher and right field, and then there's a left fielder always plays left field. But Ty had assists and put out. I'm not talking about Ty. I'm talking about most. Years, if there's a close case, we it's give a first. It, we to give it field. to the left yes. fielder. You, you will not go for the pitcher, even though they have 30 plus putouts, because, because obviously everything's going to them. Yes. Yeah. Right. I think you got. I think left fielder. You know, ties a great pick. Dark horse for sure. Yep. All right. He's not a dark horse. He's a top three candidate. He's number three. Yeah, Dark horse in his mind because Chris Metter is always number one. Yeah, I, I think well, it's Chris BK, or Brian. It's usually, it's I mean, it's Chris been that Brian. way forever. Chris yeah. or Brian. So yeah. Chris is to lose, I think, still after last year. Going and I think Brian's going to get a lot of opportunities this year more than Chris because of their pitching. The pitching's worse than the Twins. See, I think opposite. Our, team, our team's never been great at pitching. You think the Rockies' pitching's better than the Twins' pitching? I think it's going to be um, interesting this year. I didn't say better. I said interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Way to straddle that fence there. So, all right, let's jump to Cy Wiffle since we're talking about pitching. And obviously leading the charge is Jackson Crosley, last year's winner. Um, Gus Gibby on board there. And then uh, Jimmy Nelson from the Expos. So, aside from those three names, give me a name that could – Compete for Cy Wiffle, and I think I know exactly where you're going. It's where I would go to. I think other than I think none, <laughs> none of those three will finish in the top three. That's my prediction. I think Sam Skibby is going to win this award. We have a huge, huge rule change that, that no one is talking about. Yeah, yeah. We have a radar gun out yeah. on every pitch, and that is going to be a huge deal. People that yep. are known for throwing hard, but you really don't know if they throw hard. You know, that's going to be a huge deal. There's pitchers in this league that probably throw closer to 58-59 that succeed. Yep. Um, and Sam is always consistently right around baby. 50, 51, 52. And it um, looks like it's coming in hard, too. But it looks for like some it's coming reason. harder than it is. So there's going to be a huge, huge learning curve. I think early in the season there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings mm-hmm. and a lot of just, like, frustrated people. I don't think um, there'll be hurt feelings. Just I think there is. There's going to yeah. be people that feel like they're – I'm just saying. Just, I, I think I, this is going to have a, a bit of a feeling like the year we put in the first pitch strike room. Yeah, just a little frustration of like frustration. getting yeah, used to the stats. new rule. I think you're going to see stats all over, from people that you expect to be better. It's going to be all over the place. And I think Sam, being the best consistent pitcher that we know is under 55, I think that gives him a huge upper hand. So my pick is Sam. Sam Skibby wins his 10th side wiffle of the SWBL. Oh, 10? Those on, early years don't count. Hold on, I just changed my vote. Uh, <laughs> me, I'm going to win. <laughs> See, like, Brett. Has Brett tried out the radar gun? Uh, he Does his top gun register fast? He's got to slow that down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. which that's his main pitch. Yeah, like me, I have to figure out something new because my curve pitch registers too fast. Jackson's riser is going to register too fast. Yeah. Will Rath's slider is going to be too Rath, fast. Every, his only pitch is going to register <laughs> fast. So it's going to be... Paul's going to be way too fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me and Sam might be the only two people well, under. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's... You brought up a lot of good names and a lot of... So I would have said Will because of how close he's been in the past. Mm-hmm. And ideally, he's a smart enough cat to figure out how to slow it down a touch. Um, and get, you know, maybe take finally take that step and win that award. Um, and we've talked a lot about why people won't, 
but who who is there anybody else that you think could step up I aside think, from Sam? I, I think Cam has to step up, and it's I know we say this every year with his yeah. hitting and his pitching, he's got to step up. He's developing that knuckleball too. To and sort of be like put, Chad and Jimmy. And he Scott. puts in more work than anybody. And in Mowiff now, there's a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit that he's practicing, practicing any experience. So maybe Cam? Possibly Cam. It's, um, I How about it's, David Olderman? Yeah. He's a good candidate. He's got a good Just from a speed standpoint like we're talking about. Yeah. I haven't faced him in a while. I can't really remember. Yeah. Um, one person I'll say that I don't think they'll win Cy Whiffle, but I think they'll surprise a lot of people is Jeremy Worrell. Yeah, he's a good pitcher. He is. He's a good he pitcher. doesn't he get the credit he does. Though. I don't think so. He can, but he doesn't. He he can, he can slow it down yeah, too. Yeah, he can. In and summer with, league, he was he's been very good pitcher. I also think with the immediate feedback for Jeremy specifically will actually help him. Yeah. To see, like he may throw a couple that are too fast, but he'll be able to. He, he has the talent and the pitching experience to be able to slow that down. You know, there was one person, if I may bring this person up, um, and Gus will attest to this too because we actually tested the speed gun with him. And Josh Rogers was an amazing pitcher. He was. Going into 55 mile an hour, and it stinks for the A's that he... He was really hard to hit. Yeah, and me and Gus struggled mightily. And it was our first time hitting in a long time, don't get me wrong, but we'd really struggled against Josh, and it's too bad that he's hurt and not going to be able to pitch for the A's. And they'll be fine with Evan and Paul as long as Evan can make that transition. But if they would have had Josh, he could have been the ace, and he could have been a dark horse for this as well. Yeah. What about uh, Trent or Fat J? What's his name? Fat J? Fat, fat, uh, fat, J- fat Anthony? Fat, I don't know what it is. his rapper name is. But um, I mean, they, could, they could be dark. I, maybe. I mean, they're not going to get the wins, though. They're yeah, that's the, the problem. They're not going to get the wins. They're not going to get the strikeouts. Hey. They're still developing pitches. I've heard from Eli. They've been putting in work every they single week. Up. They have been putting in I just made that up, but I'm glad they, <laughs> glad they are. <laughs> I think Trent. I think it's Trent that built a strike zone in his backyard. That's cool. Let's go. Yeah, that's cool. They can only get better. All right, MVP. So Spencer walked off to maybe he didn't want to be a part of this conversation. Can won, but he you know, yeah. The best of but um, the number one preseason ranked person is none other than Gus Skibby again for the MVP. Um, and then Spencer Bogad coming in at number two, and last year's winner Corey McCarthy off of his amazing year, yeah. um, coming in at number three. So again, um, we don't have to argue over why those three might win it. There's it's pretty obvious, but give me a dark horse candidate for MVP. I got mine, but I'll I can wait. If you guys say it first, I'll pick somebody now. I'm just thinking, someone that gets lots of opportunities. Okay, I'll start. Okay. Uh, PG. Okay. I think uh, PG will get a lot of opportunities in a lineup, especially with you know Peter and Brett, who are trending towards not so much power numbers, but they're on-base guys. And um, as of now, it looks like PG, at least for the start of the season, is going to start in the four hole. So okay. having three guys that can get on base in front of you are going to provide a lot of opportunities for some power numbers like him. Um, and I think he's going to get some pitching as well um, in that three-headed monster, I guess you could say, for our pitching lineup. So I'm going to go with my teammate, uh, PG, on his comeback year. Okay. Speaking of teammates, I think I'm going to go with Scott Poley. Uh, he's never batted not first before, and I will be batting first. And he's going to have a lot of opportunities for RBIs. This, if you didn't know this, Scott has had wrist and shoulder problems for like the past six or seven years, hmm. and he 
knock on wood, he's been hitting a little bit. He says that he has felt no pain. Wow. So okay. for the first time in a long time, he's feeling really good. He's hitting in a new spot, um, a slightly new look team. I think he's going to do really well and succeed. So I take yeah. Scott. MVP Spencer. You can't pick Spencer or Corey though. Uh, no, I was going to say Scott. Um, I think having Gus. I actually thought Gus was going to hit behind Scott, which was going to help Scott a lot because. Personally speaking, whenever I would face the Yankees and I was facing, I would always pitch around him. He would never get anything to hit because I was not afraid of anyone behind him, ever. And now, I, thinking that Gus would be behind him, I was thinking he would get better pitches to hit. But with Gus being on high average, that could also work that way too. Um, you know, I think there's really only, I hate to say it, but there's really only like five or six people I think that could probably win the beginning of the year. Um, I think Sam has a really good chance. I think PG's got a good chance. Core and myself also have a good chance. Um, Edlo, unfortunately, he just hits too low in the lineup. But um, all those guys, it, it, it's a huge deal. You got to hit first or second, really, yeah. to win the MVP. Um, so I think any of those guys that I mentioned can win. Scott has a really good chance this year yeah. with Gus um, being in the lineup. So yeah, I'm going to throw it. a really wild card name out just to discuss. But depending on where he hits in the lineup, because I don't know, but Jackson Crosley. I mean, Jackson has shown he can be a force at the plate over the last two years, um, and now he's going to be getting a full-time hitting role for the second year in a row. Yeah. Um, and if he gets to hit in that leadoff hole or even that number two hole, which I highly doubt he's going to be in the number yeah. two hole. It's here! But, uh, hey, food Our is food. here. <laughs> but he's, he's somebody that I'd like Thank to keep you. an eye on, plus with obviously with the pitching prowess he has. We got food. Thank you. Thank you. I think that uh, if I think I think I think John leading off makes a lot of sense. Being a lefty, um, power numbers usually pretty down for lefties because of that wall. Right. If Jackson's hitting number two in that lineup, I think you're probably right. He's got a really good chance. He'll have a lot of opportunity to drive in some runs. I think they they said their lineup. I think it was Ty leading off. So that makes it then John. And then John. And then probably Jackson. I think John said he wasn't batting second. Or, I know no, Dave he is. Actually, Dave I think Jackson's hit. No, I think because what I remember from the captain's interview, it was going to go righty, lefty, lefty, righty. Yes. Yeah. So I think Jackson's switch. actually, based on what you're saying, going to be in the four hole, Man. which would actually eliminate this conversation. I hate that lineup a lot. So I'd like to play against? I hate it for them. I think it's a terrible lineup. Just saying. Yeah. John so, John needs to lead off. Jackson needs to hit second. And then after that, they can do whatever they want. Ty should hit fourth, and Derek should you. hit third. You get the lefty-righty, lefty-righty. I hate that lineup. If that's their lineup, they need to reconsider that. Just saying. Lefty-righty, lefty-righty? You don't like it as an opponent, it should or be, don't like it as a manager? If a manager. I was their manager, the lineup should be John Calway, then Jackson, then Derek, then Ty. Well, that's lefty-righty, lefty-righty. I know. That's what I'm saying. They but what do. right oh, now absolutely. they have it set as what we can kind of figure from the captain interview. Yes, was I was leading off. Ty was leading off, which means it's righty, lefty, lefty, righty. I, I think they Ty, strike, Ty strikes out a lot. No offense, Ty. Strike he does. Out, strike out a ton. Power numbers aren't what they used to be. Your average isn't what it used to be. Your value, your asset is getting on base any way you can and playing really good defense. You should not be leading off. John should lead off. He's their best hitter. Get him the most of bats you can. He gets on base a lot. And Jackson's going to hit 15 to 18 home runs. It needs to be John Jackson. But 18? Hey. Corey hit 17 last year. 
It was a down year for everyone. It was. It was. Jackson's got 20 Pitching home run potential. Special. He has 20 home run potential. That, yeah, that lineup's super interesting. I'm curious to see how it all meshes, and they could be the best team in the league if they're all on, you know? Yeah. So, we'll see. Want to fry, Gus? I do not want to fry. All right. Um, 56 come out and join us. Oh, we're talking about MVP, right? Yep. Um, another dark horse candidate. Let's see. We have to talk really loud. Um, Blake Spencer. Now, now's the time. More than one. ever. Just got to hit over 500, though. Now's the time where he has to turn it on. If the Rockies uh, want to do well, he's got to do well yep. on hitting. So. Yep. I'd agree. All right, let's talk about some matchups. So get a little bit away from individual performances, but let's talk about some teams. So what matchups are you guys looking for? What are some games that maybe they're games that you're playing in, but maybe it's also games that of other opponents that you are just really excited to see? I'm really looking forward to Marlins Expos. Yeah? Uh, Expos. Toilet Bowl, su- Sunday or Marlins Monday. Marlins have a lot of want to and a lot of want to do good. Um, the Expos, their key to their success is Jimmy Nelson. And I'd love to see hyped Jimmy pitching against a bunch of scared Marlins players. That'd be really fun. Marlins beat him last year. I know. It's the rematch. The Marlins beat the Yankees last year. Yeah. <laughs> I'd also like to see A's uh, Expos for the exact same reason. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm looking forward to game one. Um, game one. I'll kind of flip the script. I'm super excited for the two people at this table, Yankees twins. I'm yep. excited for that rematch from last year and to see Gus in the lineup for the Yankees twins, keeping with the same crew. Obviously, you should, you know, being the reigning champs. But we I think that's going to be a really addition. fun game. They, they're going to play once during the regular season. It's going to be a very hyped game. In fact, it is one of our game of the days that we will be live streaming with multiple camera angles this year on a couple games of the day this year. So I'm excited for the Yankees-Twins matchup as well. If Chris manages that game like the other big games, he will probably throw Ed Lowe and him in that game and no one. Yeah. I think just uh, – and people have talked about this in other podcasts, but the Yankees and White Sox matchup is always going to be – we're in the same division. We see each other twice. It's all Yankees, Royals, and uh, fun. Uh, one Brewer, and one Brewer players. Um, so it'll just be fun to play against them. And people people call it a rivalry. It's not going to be a rivalry. It'll just be fun. John Callaway wants that rivalry. I know. He wants it. If it's we not going to be up one. enough. It will be from Scott <laughs> because he admitted last year uh, when John yeah. left to join the Astros. He tried to talk down that rivalry, but he really wanted to win against the Astros. Well, of and course, he did twice, actually. I so. would love to win against the White Sox, but I'm not going to call it a rivalry. What yeah. about the Twins? Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> You're a loser. All the Twins players are ex-Royals players. <laughs> Except Chris. Except Chris. <laughs> um, let's just kind of talk overall about the competitiveness that we're expecting from this year, you know, and we can talk about individual teams. This is kind of more of an open conversation section for us to talk about, you know, teams that could surprise us, teams that, um, you know, maybe a little bit overrated. Um, we all, I think, agree a lot of the hype or a lot of the conversation this offseason has been around what we expect to be the most competitive year 
um, yeah. in the in this in the league's history. So let's just kind of talk a little bit about that. We've had all of the excuse me, all of the captain interviews. We've had we have the power rankings came out um, once those were finalized. Um, a lot of discourse from some of the players on that, but it's to be expected. So, you know, just some overall thoughts from you guys as front office members and leaders of the league and what you guys thinking about. I, I think it's cool that there's only, in my opinion, two locks in playoff contention, and that is both of your teams, Yankees and Twins. In my opinion, it's two locks. But even with them being locks, the Yankees – could still possibly be a five and five, six and four team having another down year, even with Gus, and it could turn into that bad luck Yankees squad again, and they could struggle. But I think it's locks. Everybody else, it depends on what all those lower tiered teams right now in the power rankings will do. Right, the Athletics could be a seven and three team or a one and nine team. The Astros could be a six and four team or a two and eight team. Like there's so much difference between all of these different guys. Twins, overrated. Yankees, overrated. Athletics, underrated. Expos, probably overrated. Marlins, underrated. Astros, they're probably right around rated where they should be. Rockies, way overrated. Um, Orioles, Orioles. Uh, what's everybody saying? Six and four. Three. Uh, they're probably a little overrated just because we don't know, but they're probably going to finish right where we said. So almost everybody in the bottom's underrated, and everybody on the top is No, overrated. Expos are way overrated. Except for the Expos. <laughs> I don't mean any disrespect, but you're losing Brett Spencer, probably your, probably your best player you want to keep, even over Jimmy, just because he does everything. And both their fielders. Yeah, I mean, the, past the Expos, years. I know they're going to watch this. Man, maybe they won't. But uh, I think they'll probably end up with the worst record this year, the Expos will. Um, and the Marlins are going to be a lot better than we think. Same with the A's. I think everyone thinks the Twins are going to go like 9-1 or 8-2. It's not going to happen. We always throw games somehow. Um, and the Yankees, I, no offense, Gus, but I think the Yankees might be about the same or even, you know, you got to pitch lights out to match what Jackson did because that's going to be your x oh, no, it's, it's not much of a difference. Yeah. I think hitting-wise, you're better than him, but pitching-wise, a little better than you. So it's kind of like – so I don't know. But the answer to your question is – Everyone's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And anybody can do anything. <laughs> There's just so much movement this year. It's going to be fun to watch different teams compete against different teams. And players that have played on this team are now playing. It's just going to be. Nobody knows. And yeah, the no results of this year are going to have such a huge effect on next year. You think of the Rockies. They're using two players this year that they don't know. Yep. You know, if they have a tragic 3-7, and 4-6 and six year, what do they do next year? Yeah. You know? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, and you could say the same thing at the Orioles. The Orioles just go two and eight, just didn't work out. Do they all split up again? Yeah. Same thing so, for you. Twins. You yeah. always talked about leaving. Twins. And if the Twins don't make the playoffs, you're for I sure want, not going to be there. I want what's best for the league. So if we get in a situation where, it, you guys know what I mean. You want like to the competitiveness of all the teams to stay remain. The Twins have always been really good. And That's why it, I let you and Ed Lowe go. If it means, <laughs> you know, making changes for the better in the league, then I'm always open to listening. That's what I'll say. We'll yeah. leave it at that for season 21. All right. You know, I think from my perspective, and I think you guys mentioned it, but I, I'm looking forward to Monday. I think mm-hmm. – I mean, bravo on your part for the way you scheduled 
Monday out and having all of those division games and with the competition we expect, I mean, Monday, every game is going to be must-see. Yeah. Um, even the Toilet Bowl, right, yeah. between the Marlins and the Expos. I mean, we're going to want to watch that just for fun, but who knows? I mean, we've talked about it before, but that year the Expos went on their run. That last game of the season was what propelled them into the yeah. playoffs, knocked the Astros out. They go on a run and win the championship. Yeah. So who knows what could happen? I mean, Marlins could be in a similar situation to at least make the playoffs and knock somebody like the A's, the Astros, the Rockies out of the playoffs. Um, and so I think that is just going to make Monday, which is usually in the past has been one of those game days where a lot of times everybody kind of knows who's in. You're, you relax. You're kind of relaxed. You're ready for playoffs. It's yeah. more for pride at that point than anything else. Um, so it should be fun for Monday. Some big games. Yeah. There's Orioles, Astros. There's White Sox, Yankees. A lot of cool division games that yeah. are going to play out. Yeah. So sorry, Sam. No. Are you um, sharing, or is it okay for you to share the thing that you're making, or is that going to be a surprise? The schedule? Yeah. No, that you can share it. I mean, by the time they watch, people can get excited for it. That's fine. You want to share what you're doing? Uh, you can if you want. Well, I don't really know like what, right. what to, how to describe it. <laughs> I mean, for everybody that's out there, if you've been if you've seen like a high school schedule poster before, it's gonna be like a jumbo size. So it's like a 60 by 40 huge poster. Um, there's gonna be some faces of each franchise that'll be featured from our media days that have gone along, um, and every. Every single game is on there. The playoffs are on it, and it'll be enough where we can write in the score for each one. It's kind of like a cool memento. You know, last year we had the bracket from STL Cycle Saloon and the playoff, you know, ticket punch, you know, all that stuff. So we're kind of adding it in, and it's going to be available for everybody to see all weekend long. Super excited about it. I designed it myself, and we're going to put it out there. And um, I think that's... What, the competition aspect it's going to be so fun to people, people crowding around, around yeah, it crowding yeah. around like oh they need to do this to, to get to this spot I mean, it's going to be fun to just look at the schedule as a group of people uh, for the competition so many people ask so. are we home or away well now it's on the big poster right next to you yeah. you exactly. look at it yourself no one's asking the scores deck anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> alright well put you on the spot who are the five teams that make the playoffs this year Wins, dark horse, or what we think for sure. What you think or for sure? Or, okay. Twins, Yankees, Orioles, White Sox, Athletics. Okay. Pretty much going with the power rankings there. Besides. Twins, Yankees, Athletics, Rockies, White Sox. Oh come on. What a terrible answer. Orioles don't make it. That'd be awesome. Twit. <laughs> Twins. Yankees. Orioles. Athletics. Astros. Wow. All Whoa. three from the same division? Yeah. Wow. Is that possible? Yeah, it is. It is. It's just really it just hard. numbers. <laughs> just did his head. <laughs> Wait, who'd you leave out there? That's White Sox. Oh, and Rockies, Rockies, and Expos Marlins. Rockies, Rockies aren't making playoffs. All right, you heard it here no, first. There's no way. And you guys know who to be angry with on Monday. 
I'm so, officiating Blake's wedding. Sorry, Blake. <laughs> you're not making so, playoffs. <laughs> all right. And then other than your own team, who wins the championship? Twins. Back-to-back. Twins back-to-back. Athletics. That'd be High awesome. praise That'd be from awesome. Spencer for the A's. Evan is going awesome. Evan's gonna be top five inside with him. How much did he pay you before tonight? I know Evan. Okay. I would actually, I play baseball. I would really like that. If the A's can put it together, they can. They actually do. Sh- that would be the most shocking thing, other than the Expos winning, would be the A's. Winning. And they can do it. That's the thing. Like they can beat anybody at any mm-hmm. moment. I like that answer. All right. Got to go with the Twins, though. I mean, they're proven. Yep. Same squad, two MVP candidates. It's tough to be best fielder in the league. Tough lineup. I mean, yeah, top to bottom, tough lineup. Uh, We've got the continuity. Has there ever been a lineup that's had three former MVPs? Orioles. Yep. Orioles. Peter has a one-one, right? He has one. One MVP. Orioles and Twins. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? Anything else, you guys? From a competition standpoint, you guys want to talk about? Um, Things should be said. I'm most excited for the porta potties coming back. Yeah. That's a really big deal. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. I hope uh, everyone has a great time. This is a competition competition standpoint. We'll talk about the porta later. (laughs) I hope everyone has a great time competing. And. It's just the big change of the radar gun. Yeah, the radar gun. That it will change I was getting to that. the league. Port- I was transitioning from porta potty to radar. Gun. <laughs> I think radar I gun so and player movement is the key to the season twenty competitively right now. It's gonna be really interesting to see the White Sox and the Orioles where they fit in this league and where it's gonna be in twenty twenty three. Player movement's gonna be huge, I think, in the next couple of years even. So I think it's gonna be really exciting to see where this takes us. Do you think radar gun say it doesn't go well? And a lot of people don't like it, us that's, included. That's a that's happening. Um, do we take it back uh, next year? No. Do you think be, it stays? People are going to be so mad, especially later in the day. Because like, there's gonna be anger. our league has changed, and we always said we were a hitting league, and people have, if the rule is 55 and the heat check, quote-unquote, but if you're going over every time, then this is a wake-up call that you need to change what you're doing, and we can't keep ramping. And people are afraid... To call heat because we're all friends and you don't want to be that guy that calls yeah. the, the radar gun. doesn't, you know, it yeah. feeds more into the competition. And it stresses you and me out because it's a lot of it comes And people us. come up to us and ask, like, are they throwing too fast? Yeah. Like, you should say something. It's like, well, it's your job. Like, we've added in rules. So this it's is. It's nice to keep it off of Right now, this is, this is the easiest way to evenly make everything across the board. So the I was talking to a Hall of Famer, uh, Brett Spencer, today. And. He was sharing with me that he wishes the league would turn back into a hitting league. And I think this is a step into that direction. It is. Um, And coming from a pitcher, like both of you, who are notoriously a little bit faster, self-admittedly, I think it's good for the league that we can get back to that style of play. And if everybody across the board is the same way, then it's an even playing field for all. I agree. Do you think the first pitch strike rule, when we implemented that, was like the turning point to get away from... It was As an attempt. Hitting? It was an attempt to try and do that. And actually, there was talk of the first pitch strike rule going away really? because of with this. the radar gun. Yeah, I've heard that. So too. that might be a step that we take if the radar gun is successful in a way, but a little too much. Then we might take. I away actually, the first I actually pitch think strike. first pitch strike rule did the opposite of what we wanted it to do. It, it lowered 
stats. It, big time because it did. people were so afraid of striking out that they were even willing to swing at a ball the first five pitch, no feet out what. of the zone yeah. and give themselves the disadvantage just because they didn't want to strike out. So, you know, the 55 mile per hour rule, we should see some pretty big numbers this year. Big, big numbers. Yeah. Well, I like the I like the feedback Yours? aspect of it. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our kind of competition aspect of it. Are we going into the unknown? We are going into, into the, unknown. the unknown. Oh, into boy. I, now I'm going to have to rename this, po- this part. What's your have, you, have you heard that song? I'm yeah. sure you have. Of course he has. A daughter. On. It's on repeat. It is a much. great song. It is. Great song. <laughs> right. If you watch that scene in on the movie, you tear up a little bit. I mean, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's one of Continue. the it's one of the ones that my daughter and I sing as part of her nighttime routine, and oh, she wow. always does like the echo behind me and everything. Like gets way into it. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so the unknown. Let's just jump into it. I'm not going to explain what it is. If you don't know, go back and listen to the other podcasts. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. All right. Now you know. What is your go-to karaoke song? Uh, I can show you the world from Aladdin. Nice. She can tell feathers. Nelly, Diddy, Murphy Lee. I kill it. Murphy Lee. Uh, let it burn by Usher. Nice. It's just called burn, but all right. But you let it burn. <laughs> what is one moment in SWBL history that you would like a do-over on? Oh jeez. Yeah. One moment in SWBL history you want a do-over on? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Easy. Yeah. Season easy. ten. Championship when John Callaway, Sam Beckler, and uh, Scott Poyer on the same team. John was running to second. Yes, I would like that do over as well. And he was totally out. There was a play, but Scott got really upset. And it was the last play of the game. The last play of the game, they would have lost. Uh, but the but it got reversed, and then they ended up winning and won the championship. So they would have lost that playoff game. And we had Nick Langley playing right field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that that moment right there. Okay. I have the same moment, unbiased, but I was the loser in that game. Um, but if it weren't for that, I don't know. I really don't know. I've had a pretty good run. I haven't really had too many things that have, like when we've lost, it's because of just, you know. Sucking. Yeah, sucking, not really like errors or... Yeah. Nothing comes to mind, but I would say that one as well. Uh, I have another one. Okay. Uh, Sam Skibby and I were on the same team in season three. And two-man squad. Uh, we went nine and one. We won that year. The only game we lost, I was not playing. Don Hogan was playing in my spot. <laughs> and Sam lost that game, but we would have been the only... Perfect season if I was there for that game. So, You're, are you saying you would have been better than Don Hogan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think from a commissioner standpoint, mine is thinking about the league and where we never would have thought we would have been here 20 years later doing this and the franchise era and everything too. But I wish we would have known all of this and started with the same rules from the beginning, mm-hmm. just to like see the the 
old records don't really mean anything anymore. The second era of records don't mean anything anymore. Even the third tier, you could say, of records don't mean anything before the uh, before the pitcher's poison and yeah. going to that. So I wish we would have kept it more consistent. But, you know, that's the beauty of growth of the league and things like that, too. So I also have another one. I wish we would have season one named our league and made a public major league whiffle. Uh, and copyrighted it? And copyrighted it. Season one. That'd because be then we would be famous. Yes. Good answers. All right. If a vampire offered you immortality to become a vampire, would you do it? No. 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 I don't want to live forever. Wow. No. Man, I thought this was going to be a great question, and I got three no's. <laughs> Go back to the think tank, Brian. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Moving on. What is one thing you would add or change to make the league better after this year? Uh, can I say something that's very unrealistic? Yeah. I would make the Monday a championship game. We would have lights on the field, and we would add two games to the season. We had 12-game season, championship game at night, Monday night, under the lights, 8 o'clock. That's what I would love to change. Be awesome. Wow. <clears throat> More football is better. Wow. Mm, that's too much. I said, can it be unrealistic? Uh, it's too unrealistic. Uh, permanent fence. Whether that's the bushes grow enough yep. or woods. Uh, not like a wood fence. Not the okay. woods, but wood fence. That's How high would you make it? Like high enough to not jump over? Right now it's four feet. I'd still probably make it three or four. Okay. Gus? I've got another one. Spencer, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I think it would be really cool. If Redraft. League. We did a redraft. Yes, I was going to say, too. That would be sweet. But if people were my, down for it. My fear is that one of the reasons why people keep coming back and saving this weekend is because they get to play with who they want. Their friend. You know? I yeah. agree. Like, the guys from the Rockies, does BK play as long as he has if he's not playing with Grant and uh, Blake, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Nobody but I knows. think those relationships are really strong. I think that would be really, really cool to see how it plays out. And, Gus, what do you think? I was saying talk louder. But also, what do but you also, think? What do you think? <coughs> what would you add or change after this year? Bigger pool. I... I, I just love I love the league the way it is. Okay. It's fun. I enjoy the four days and coming back home with my family. Maybe uh, have my kids be more well-behaved for the weekend. That's what you would change about the league? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something new this year, Brian, that we have added is... We have walkie-talkies this year. Ooh. We're super pumped about. That's actually a great idea. Have one at the scorer's table, have one inside, have one with Kevin Poley, and have one with me at all times. So we're going to have four walkie-talkies traveling around. Do you have the earpieces? No, but they are uh, really cool. We tried them out today during Dirt Day. It was awesome. Okay, cool. Do you say over when you're done talking? Oh, yeah, you have to. <laughs> all right, last question. What would your superpower be and why? Wiffleball superpower or just any superpower? Any superpower. You become a superhero. What's your superpower? I would say the same thing. I would say teleportation. Um, I really just don't like to travel far distances, and you could save on... Is it because you're late all the time, too? Oh, I'm never late. Okay. Um, we, I think tonight but, you were late, but whatever. 
Well, that was more Gus's fault. He wanted more apple crisp at home, and he was trying to get bites from mom and dad and his wife. So he kept smooching off of mooching off of the, uh, please, the apple smooch, crisp. Smooch, smooch, so smooch, I will I will say just you know being able to travel for personal reasons, you know, you know, leaving awkward situations. If you're touching someone and you teleport, do they go with you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah, have yeah. that power. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's all invisibility. About the time. Would be great. All about controlling time. Do whatever you want. Control time. <laughs> Do whatever you want. I can teleport you into a bank vault while yeah. you're stealing it. And steal all the money before you get there. Why did you guys automatically go to creating a crime? Pause time and Committing take somebody's car, drive wherever you want to, and come bring back, it back. No gas yeah. in the tank. Yeah. And then it's just if a Ferris Bueller's thing where. The, the, yeah, roll back the, the odometer oh, yeah. is higher now. And I think if invisibility would be great. Okay. If you really don't like someone, Sitting you can slap them a little bit. <laughs> get some information. Actually, I take it back. Ability to read minds. You could become. And it would get you noisy. Or tell the future. I take it back. You can choose, choose. Woman want. You can choose who tell you the want to listen to. Tell the future. Tell the future? Is be that able like to you tell have a television? Be able oh. to tell the future. Hey, we don't talk about it right now. Let's move on. So I could, uh, you know, gamble and win all my bets. Okay. Ah, so get rich. Yeah. That's your super power. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're snowballing. That is going to wrap up this edition of our season preview for season 20 of the Skibby Wiffleball League. Wow. Real quick, uh, I want to thank all of our sponsors for season 20 and all their partnerships, everything that they have done. As Sam points at Breckenridge Brewery. Right. Um, also, as we said, we are here live at 1356 Public yes, House. Thank you again. So, thank you for our amazing presenting sponsor um, for being with us this year. Also, want to thank Ruben Brown, Ketty Nye Center, and Corner Pub and Grill, our uh, division sponsors, Cardinal Blinds and Shutters. We already mentioned Breckenridge Brewery, Logix, High Road Craft Ice Cream. STL Cycle Saloon, Lions Choice, Amp Up Action Park, Andy's Frozen Custard, and Daily Smokehouse. Um, as we said, season 20 is upon us, but we do have more podcasts coming throughout the year. Our goal is to have more content throughout the offseason and not just focused on one weekend a year. Um, so we will be having a champions podcast where we get the team who wins the championship on to discuss their luck amazing run however it plays out kind of gonna love that kind of go through season 20 and their their win um we're gonna have an nwla tournament podcast right before we send our national team off um to compete for the swbl and we're also going to do a new podcast in which i need players help over the weekend we're going to do a, a podcast called ask the commish where we get sam skibby on and we can ask him Whatever we want, um, from a player's perspective, um, from a league perspective, however, whatever we want. So if you have questions that you want Sam Skibby to answer on the spot, or I won't let him out of it. Does he have to answer? He has to answer. What's or take a shot. Number? Or take a shot. Or take a shot. That's a new ad. <laughs> what? What's your social security number? Okay. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five. Five. <laughs> um, but... I need questions, so over the weekend, if you have a question for Sam for the podcast, get with me. I'll write them all down, and the uh, top questions will be asked for the podcast. So that's going to wrap everything up. Any final thoughts, fellas, before we get out of here? I got a lot of questions. How dare you, Brian? (laughs) 
How Dare I What? That's a movie. That's a show. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, you know, I hate to, you know, be before Gus here, you know, and really steal it all. But I want to thank everybody out there for sticking with us for these past 19 seasons, heading into season 20. Game one is tomorrow, and it is truly amazing that you have stuck by us all of this time. And I can't thank all of our sponsors enough. Can't thank you guys enough. Brian, thanks for doing all these podcasts this year. It's been great to listen to you on Spotify and YouTube. And all the players, we are so excited to present to you Season 20. Thank you for you know buying in to the SWBL all these years. And we hope that we have 20 more in the future. This league would never happen unless it was for Sam Skibby. So... Thank Facts. him. Thank him. Thank him for each uh, or season. Or Kevin Skippy, really. I mean, honestly. Well, yes. <laughs> it's Kay the, doesn't get enough praise. The yeah. hierarchy is Sam Skibby, our parents, and then... Kevin Pulley. <laughs> Kevin Pulley, then the rest of the league, and then me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he takes stats, you know. Yeah. Good. I know. During the, during the weekend, I, I do something. Yeah, you do a lot. So, all right. Well, we will see you all at the blur for season 20. Hang out. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.